Welcome to OWASP 24-7, sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from the Nexus Community Project, supporting millions of open source developers worldwide. Hi, this is Mark Miller with OWASP 24-7. Today I'm here with three people talking about project funding and how to get funding through OWASP. On the call, we've got Josh Sokol from Austin, Texas, Vice Chair of the Global Board of Directors. How are you doing, Josh? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you. We also have Dennis Cruz in London, leader of the O2 Platform Project and the former member of Global Board of Directors, too. Welcome, Dennis. Hey, hello. And finally, Andrew Vanderstock in Australia, now on the current Board of Directors. Andrew, welcome. Morning. How's things? Uh, doing good. Thank you. We're together on the call here today because, Andrew, you brought up a question inside one of the chapter lists that said, we need to talk about project funding. Can you just give us an overview on, on why you sent that email out? Yeah, sure. I, basically, the um, what had happened was that essentially I hadn't looked at my project's funding. I, I run... Uh, I had been running the developer guide, which had a, a fair amount of spare funds available, around $8,000. Um, and I sort of assumed that my project, the ASVS, the Application Security Verification Project, had funds. And um, in the and I just tried to spend that fund in a way that is actually permissible, which is to get some graphic designer uh, stuff done. And we got it done, and it was really good. Um, but at the end of the day, we only had $40 in the bank, and that was actually really surprising to me. So there's two issues here. One is that um, I think when I looked at the dashboard, there's a, a, there's a dashboard that contains all of the project funds and all of the grants and all of the chapter funds that are available. Um, it was a little bit disappointing myself that I hadn't checked the values before actually going ahead. But part of the other issue is, is that for a flagship project, I was looking around once I actually found the dashboard, just how few projects actually have funds. And then I looked at, well, how many of those projects are actually spending funds? Because as a non-profit, we are not there to keep money in the bank. We, we should be able to... Uh, use the funds we receive in a, in the most appropriate fashion f to go forward and make these projects successful. And then looking through the Project Leader Handbook, the, the number of things that we can actually spend money on, it does seem at first glance to be quite a large number of things you can spend it on. But the reality is that we aren't spending it. So fundamentally, and I'll, I'll just wrap it up here because I want to get the other people's opinions is that it, I think it's a little bit too difficult for project leaders to spend money secondly I think it's a little bit difficult for the project leaders to actually think about how they might spend that money without just squandering it and then for some projects it's actually really difficult for them to actually have any money they don't have any money at all uh, because at the moment the way projects get money is through grants or from donations from members when they join. 
Um, but the offering when they join is just simply, if you look at the membership form, is what would you like to um, split it with, your chapter or a project? And unless you're familiar with the projects here, you're not going to probably choose projects. And so over the last few years, we've seen an explosion in chapter funding, which is great. And don't get me wrong, I'm not after... Um, you know, shrinking the pie for any one area. I think we need to have a good discussion about how we fundraise for projects. I think we need to have a really good discussion about how best to advance the project mission and how to get the communications out there to projects. Hey, you've got money. Let's see how you can spend that. But also, how do we actually get more money into all the projects, including flagships? Dennis... One of the things that you have done, you were able to find and spend money to support your projects. What, are you, what were you doing different than anybody else? As Andrew tells us, it's hard to find and use funds. Well, actually, you need to qualify that. Define my projects. Well, it sounds as if you had um, you supported uh, two summits, and I thought that you had a, a project that you had funding for also. So, so, so one of the things, right, and, and this, is, this is kind of like, I think it's, it's quite important sometimes to understand the history of some of the ideas, right? One of the things I liked being in the board, right, is that you can make stuff up, right? Like you can actually come up with ideas and execute them. And in a principle, the idea is that as long as all the board vote, it's good to go. So we, the history, in a way, of the project funds actually comes back all the way down to a meeting in, um, in Belgium, where we, we, we sat down, and I think Sebo and a couple of others were there, and we had like 30K in the bank, right? And it was like, what do we do with this, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense to have profit and not spend it. So we, we, we come up with this idea of doing a summit, or so not summit, uh, a season of code. We kind of ripped off the Google season of code. So you had inside information as a board member that these funds were available. How would anybody else know that? Well, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it's inside information, right? I said the, the, the money, the, those funds were part of the OWASP accounts, right? There was, I don't think we ever been in a situation of OWASP where somebody who wants to know, for example, how much money OWASP has in the bank, how much money OWASP has in the balance sheets, is not able to get that information, right? I, I think that OWASP is still an amazing organization that has a huge amount of openness. So even through the last decade, I don't think we ever had that problem. But what we had was the situation where there's moments in times where we had money in the bank and we had to figure out what to do. So the, the, the projects where you said I had funds for, in a way, what I did was I never got funds for the projects that I had. What I always did was I, I, I helped to drive initiatives that, in a way, actually put a lot of funds in OWASP projects. So I always view it as money is a great way to achieve energy. And that's what we did with the summers, with the summers and seasons of code where we actually sponsor a bunch of OWASP projects. It's a bit like what's happening now, 15 bucks, 1,500 bucks, 2,000 bucks. And the summits were the same thing. The summits were, we realized that we had uh, money in the bank, and then we're like, what do we do? So the idea was, why don't we put 50K, then eventually 100K, um, to build the, f- the first summits? And, and we brought them all to Portugal for the first summit, and that was a, really, a good success. And then we, we did the same thing for the second summit, where we're able to use the funds that OAS has globally to basically pay the expenses of OWASP leaders to come, and others, right, that we thought were important to have there, to come to a place to actually work together. 
and, and the big lesson I've learned is that it's really hard to spend OWASP money, right? And this is kind of one of the things Andrew was talking about. And it's really hard for two reasons. The first reason is because it has a huge amount of visibility on what the stuff you do. So I think our leaders are actually very sensitive. I always, I remember coming up with rules, even with Paulo Coimbra and other guys at the past, where the rules were so easy to game, that was not funny. But nobody ever gamed our rules. Because I realized that because you do that in open, it's almost like a political suicide for your career. Because, you know, why, why, you know, why we're in a situation where we're taking advantage and it will be, it will be discovered. So I found that it's very hard for people to abuse OWASP funds, especially when there's a global pool, when you realize that if you misuse funds, you're actually taking away from somebody else. So that's the kind of first thing that I think we always have to take into account that it's really hard to spend OWASP money. Josh has been on the the board of directors. Josh, what's the response for that? Uh, is is it being hard a good thing because it's community oversight, or is it too hard to actually get and use the funds? Oh, a- absolutely, it's a good thing. Um, I would say that uh, the O and OWASP stands for open. The whole concept behind the OWASP Foundation is that everything we do is free. It's open. Everybody can see what we're doing. And so, you know, one of the things I've fought for being on the board is making sure that all of our activities are being handled out in the open and, and you know, with the utmost amount of visibility. And I think Dennis's point is spot on. It's by nature of having that process be open, everybody's looking at you, everybody's you know, taking a look at what's going on there, that's what keeps you honest. So I think that that's a, a good thing. Now, in terms of you know, difficulty getting funds, I know Andrew said something you know, about how he didn't know how much money he had. Um, if you go to OWASP.org and you search the term scoreboard, I realize that's kind of a weird term. The very first uh, page tile match that comes up is a link for the donation scoreboard. You can go to that page, and any chapter leader or project leader can see how much funds they have in their accounts. Um, in addition to that, one of the uh, action items that we've taken on as the board, um, and we've asked uh, our community uh, liaison to kind of help us with, uh, is to start sending out these amounts to the chapter and project leaders on a hopefully monthly basis so that they're aware on that that uh, period, how much money they have in the bank so that they don't fall into that trap that Andrew did where they spend money that they don't have. Um, The other thing that I would say is that there is a whole bucket of funds called the community engagement funding. And so for the chapters or projects who don't have that money, they may not be aware of it, but there is a whole bucket of funds that's already allocated for them to do things, to, to empower them to do things, despite the fact that they have nothing in that account. So uh, in 2015, that bucket is $60,000 for the chapters. That's about $15,000 every quarter. And for the projects, that's $50,000. As of today, the projects have spent uh, just over uh, $21,000. So there is a significant amount of money sitting in that bucket. And $20,000 of that was spent with the, the funding for the Project Summit at AppSec US and AppSec EU. So there's still almost $30,000 sitting in that bucket waiting for projects to spend. The interesting thing for all three of you here is when the other chapters heard about Andrew's dilemma and shortfall, I started seeing money being donated from a chapter level into a project. How does that work? Um, Well, I'll answer that question. Um, We did have some offers, some, some very generous chapters, including those that uh, I felt that 
Um, you know, they're offering us nearly half of their available chapter funds, um, such as OWASP Bangalore. Um, and in those cases, I've actually said to not accept those donations because I think they could better use their chapter funds than give it to ASVS. We were very, very lucky when I put the call out for funding that we actually got a corporate spend sponsorship that covered the bill pretty much straight away. So I think this comes back to uh, getting... Um, uh, we'll talk about this a bit more length, but I'll get back to the original question in a tick. Um, we need to have project funding drives that provide a greater uh, pool of money for, fun, uh, for, for projects uh, in general. But fundamentally, coming back to the question is, how do you do that? Well, it's actually a very simple process. Um, there's a particular... Um, as long as the project leaders agree... It's literally just send an email to um, Kate Harmon, uh, CC to Alison Schrader, who's some of our wonderful foundation staff, and it just gets transferred internally. And it is literally a very simple process. It's actually simpler than the actual donation process. So it's very straightforward. It's very easy to do. Um, and I think that's one of the things that um, maybe we can talk about a bit later is how chapters can help um, maybe adopt a project and then volunteer for it and actually drive that project forward, even if there's no funds involved. That's an area that I think that we could really help um, OWASP move the needle quite a lot. It doesn't have to just be about uh, going to your chapter on a monthly basis and enjoying the company of uh, fellow OWASPers in your local area. It's, you know, we are here to also do... Uh, project level work and that's a great way of engaging the community and getting people to be involved is adopt a project you know Andrew it begs the question though if we're not even using half of the funds that are available why would we go out and try to build a bigger pool well that's a good discussion so I've actually got the project uh, leader handbook in front of me and I'll tell you there's two different types of things you can spend money on Project expenses can include graphic design, which is what we wanted to use on the ASVS, a technical contractor, web design, printing, software purchases, hardware purchases, intern stipends, team travel expenses, which is where Dennis used it for the summit um, in 2011, uh, venue hire, project-related work only, food and drink, if used to meet with other project leaders, uh, project contractor. And you have to check with the project's manager before you move forward with a purchase. Now, we haven't had a project's manager for a while, and we've only recently hired one. Um, and so Joanna um, has been stepping in as that role for a long time, and it was really good for her to do that. But fundamentally, projects have to get permission before they even spend a single dollar. The, the next part of that is actually grants. Grants, we have about 50-something thousand dollars in grants, but these are tied. So, for example, with the developer guide, we applied for some grant funding and project leaders need to be aware that they can't spend money on things outside of their own project. So the developer guide can't give any of its grant money to anybody else, but also the developer guide is supposed to do the things the grant said it should put, should do. So the current leadership of the um, the developer guide needs to have access to the grant to understand 
what they can and can't spend the money on. And I love the scoreboard. It's a really good way of communicating how much money you've got. But we need to find a way of getting the grants restrictions to the project leaders concerned so they can make sure that they spend that money in an effective way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis, any, any comments on what Andrew is saying here? Um, yeah. So I, I think actually I want to go back to the point you made where we are already not spending the money we have. Right. And, and I, I can give you, you know, the, 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 in, in, even with Andrew's comment where he said that you have to go and ask for permission. I think that that's where the problems start. Right. I think that we need to trust the OWASP leaders, right? OWASP leaders are already a very rare breed. And again, taking into account the openness that we already have protection, I think that the more or the less restrictions we put on people spending money, the easier we get. And we already have the case studies. We already have the case studies as we know that if you give money to projects or chapters, they won't spend it because we have case study after case study over the last five years that that's exactly what happens. In fact, what happens is because we created a system that rewards people hoarding the money, basically, and, 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 and make it hard to spend, and I agree that it's nice to be hard to spend, hard to spend, just to clarify, not in that we should have barriers to spend it, but we should have barriers to the point where it's open so you make sure that you cannot get away with being crazy, right? So the problem is that we know that the the chapters and the projects, even when they have funds, they don't spend it. And, and I go back to the original point of Andrew that we should actually say that the vision or the objective of OWASP is to better spend the OWASP funds. And I'll give you a very good example. You know, Josh mentioned that there was that 30K available to projects, right? So 30, that's the theory of that is 30K that is available for projects to spend on OWASP-related activities, the problem with those kind of things is it's still a model where there's such an amount of bureaucracy and, and afraid and, and questioning to do anything, that, to get to do anything that we don't empower. And I have a good example. I asked when they said that, I said, hey, cool. So I want $1,000 to set up a whole bunch of VMs for OWASP on Google Cloud, right? And, and that's, what, that's it. It's a very simple request. You know, uh, the way I look at it is there's a part of money there. I want to do some stuff. Uh, OWASP wants the virtual machines. There's a really cool groove around it. Let's just do it, right? Of course, what happened? There was bazillions of email threads about that. And, and, and I, I found myself in a position where I had to justify it. And to be honest, the point is, I don't have the time, right? Like, this is the problem, what happens, right? I don't have the time to, to write a massive amount of email threads justifying why that needs to be done. The way I look at it, I'm a project leader. I've earned the respect of the community. I should be empowered. Now, I actually know that I can actually, I have enough energy if I had the time, right, to actually make the case. But the problem is not this, not me. The problem is all the other projects that are OWASP that have the, the energy and, and, and the ideas, but they don't feel empowered. Like, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that Andrew, a leader of one of the best OWASP projects at the moment, is not even able to spend $1,000. Right? And had to, sorry the term, beg right, to the other community and OWASP leaders for funds. It's ridiculous. The way I look at it, if, if Andrew wants to spend money on ASVF, right, uh, the way I look at it, he should go and, of course, let him know what's going on, but he needs to be trusted. He doesn't need to be justified and second-guess and, and, and be thinking about, 
you know, am I authorized to spend this money? He's a leader. He earned the respect of OWASP for us to trust him, right? And, he, and he's in the freaking board, right? Like, well, the problem, Dennis, and I'd like Josh in on this too, is if you've got 88 working projects, you can't have everybody sticking their hand in the bucket saying, okay, I'm just going to use this and I don't have to justify it. But they don't. That's the thing. They don't. So and this I, is where that openness... Right. I, I do. I do have a few thoughts on this. Um, you know, Andrew said that that projects have to get permission before they spend a single dollar. But he also read off you know two dozen things that are pre-authorized for projects to spend money on, including the thing that he uh, wanted to spend money on. So it's not really a matter of projects having to get permission before they spend a single dollar. All they have yeah. to do is look at the budget that they have. They spend the money that they have, and they request the reimbursement once it's done. For the ones that don't have money in their account, there's this whole uh, project funding allocation, the, the community funding, that they can request money from. Yeah, but that's so not it, working because, uh, you know, you look at the past. If, that was, if, if what you said was true, and actually it is true. It is true in theory. In practice, what I've learned is that you actually have to be proactive to push people to do stuff. You're, you're absolutely right. Now, that, that's not a problem with the funding model. That's a problem with the spending model, right? So let, let's get our, our thing straight here. If the chapter leaders or the project leaders don't feel empowered or they're begging for funds, there's a problem there with that mentality. And maybe it's more we have to tell them, it's okay, you can spend these funds. You should be spending those funds, in fact. But the problem isn't the funding mechanism. The problem is the, the people who don't want to actually spend that. So really, in, in, in reality, they need to check the budget, see if they have the money available. If they have it, they can spend the money as long as it's one of those pre-approved things. If it's not, they can submit a contact us form uh, to the OAuth staff. They'll review the request. And I have yet to see one that's been uh, rejected. So there, there's that. And then they get the reimbursement for any money that they spend. It is that easy. And that's me. I, I'm not a project leader, granted. Uh, I am a former chapter leader of the Austin OWASP chapter. I am also the former chair of the Global Chapters Committee. So this is something, the whole expense reimbursement process, I am very, very familiar with that process. Now, in terms of just letting everybody dip into a big pot, there's a major problem there. Um, you know, Mark said one of them. The other is... As a board, we have a fiduciary responsibility to ensuring that our money is spent properly. So if one of those chapter leaders went and took money from that account and spent it on buying you know, cookies to give to their friends, that's a problem. And we need to make sure that that kind of activity doesn't happen. So it is a good thing that there's a certain level of scrutiny there. Um, I also want to uh, talk a little bit about um, what Andrew said in terms of donating uh, from a chapter to a project. Um, myself, I'm actually against that idea. Um, and the, the reason why I'm against that idea is because of Dennis's statement, if we give money to projects, they won't spend it. And when we talk about this whole idea of ring fence funds, we're, we're talking about that exact issue. Money goes into a bucket, it doesn't get spent, and then we end up with $500,000 in the case of chapters, and I think it's about $50,000 or so in the case of projects. That's just saying they're not being used. So what we need to do is instead of making donations to a project and having the money go into that particular um, bucket, we should be donating towards an initiative. So if Andrew came and said, I have this initiative, I need graphics done, who can help me, who can donate money, that's something that people should fund. 
So there's a, there's a very big difference between just sending money from one account to another and sending money for a purpose. And I think it's the purpose that we need to engage at OWASP. It's the purpose that we need to encourage at OWASP. Um, I just want to bring you up. The guidelines, point three, project expenses exceeding $500 must be communicated to the project manager before purchase. All project purchases will be managed by a reimbursement process. So if it's a large pro, um, fee, um, there's lots of things in here that actually put, like if you come from um, a country that doesn't have um, the same level of development um, as the US or Australia, $500 is, or, you know, reimbursement is one of those things that's just going to be really hard for them. Um, I have a, a gentleman who's working on the translation of the OWASP Top 10 into the Philippines, and he can't even afford the um, reduced rate IWAS membership. So you know, all, that, 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 all, all that has to happen in that situation, Andrew, is they communicate that to the OWASP staff, and the OWASP staff has a credit card and they'll purchase it on their behalf. It, it's not a difficult situation. It's something that's been navigated many, many times in the past. And I, I think that, that the thing that we need to realize is that that document was put there as a guidance. It's put there to kind of help people navigate the ways of OWASP because it is a big organization. There are complexities there. But those, those are the guidances. They're not the hard and fast rules. And exceptions can be made where exceptions need to be made. So if somebody can't do $500 out of pocket, we put it on the OWASP Foundation credit card or I'll put it on my credit card and ask for the reimbursement. It is not that difficult to handle those situations. So here's a, here's a big lesson, right, that I've learned. And, and this is actually something that I, I think you guys are going to experience that now, is that the problem with guidelines, right, when we don't make it really clear, is that they become law. So, for example, I tell you that the 40% to the chapters was a guideline. It was a crazy idea that we just experiment. And it become law. So today, nobody has the ability to change that, which is ridiculous. It's why we have 500K blocked. So one of the things that I've learned is that it's actually actions that actually, in a way, speak louder than words. So we can put those guidelines. In a way, I think it's very important to have guidelines because they allow us to control, in a way, the outliers. But we have to act in a way that empowers. And we have to learn from the past. So you're very absolutely right. To move money from chapters to projects... It's just going to create another bunch of buckets. And you know what happens with buckets. People take ownership of the buckets. They don't want to spend it, right? They don't, or or they, they struggle to spend it, but they don't want to give up because they might think they need it in the future. So for me, what I, what I think we need to do is we need to make it really easy and trust the OASP uh, leaders. And we always can catch abuses. It's easy to catch abuses because we, we can also see them coming. But if, if we don't empower the project leaders, what happens is nothing happens. So, you know, and this is what you have to understand. We, we cannot say there's a bunch of rules here that make sense. And some of them might maybe even help to create, right? When you look at what happened, if, if the outcome is not what we expect, we have to assume that the rules are wrong. Or even if the rules might be technically correct, they're not being achieving the objective, which is the objective should be to spend OWASP funds. See, what I know is today there's people out there that are OASP leaders that have great ideas, great energy. They live maybe in countries that don't have a lot of funds or they don't have the funds themselves and they are not able to push OASP in a particular place. And so at the well, moment, we don't empower them because we make it a pain in the ass to get that. And I'll give you an example. I'm one of those. I ask for $500 to $1,000 to fund VMs on Google Cloud for OASP. 
what I got was a massive freaking email thread across multiple topics, you know, which I didn't have time to deal. So that's, that, that sends the message to everybody that is a pain in the ass to spend money on us. That's so, it. Oh, it's that I want, simple. I want right? to clarify one thing. The objective is not to spend OWASP funds. The objective is to spend OWASP funds on the OWASP mission. And that is a very key distinguishing point because the reason why those guidelines exist is to ensure that that happens. If those guidelines are not in place, then people can spend those funds on whatever so they you want. you agree with me that we already have a nice, open, self-policing environment. And actually, history supports that. So we know, okay, yeah, and I agree. We're not talking about spending our funds. We're talking about spending our funds on our projects. And in my book, the people most qualified to spend OAS funds on OAS projects are the project leaders. So, right? Dennis, what would you spend OWASP project funds on that's not already in that list that uh, Andrew read off? Setting up VMs. Setting up VMs. No, I believe that was actually in the list. Sure, but the problem is, not, it's like, look, my, my view of OWASP funds, I, I think the only restriction that should be, be on OWASP funds should be that you can't pay an OWASP leader. Right. That's and I've written blogs about it. Right. But I, I think that list is spot on. It's like I helped create that list. Right. You know, the that list is exactly good examples of OWASP funds. And I think that every time you get OWASP leaders together, every time you get an activity, every time that kind of stuff, magic happens. The, what we need to figure out is why is it happening? Why isn't more of them happening? OWASP has the money, has the in a way, has the energy, the people. Why isn't more OWASP money being spent on OWASP initiatives and OWASP projects. Dennis, let me run uh, by Josh and Andrew here some examples and uh, some concrete examples to see how it would work if people are trying to visualize how to get funds. And I want to use Colin Watson's project for Cornucopia as an example. So if Colin had come and said, look, I need $2,000 in order to fund the, the graphics of my project here and to get a 1,000 card decks printed to go out and hand out at the conferences, would that have been an okay allocation of funds? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But why didn't he? Well, he did. He did. Ah. Uh, no, no, not in the beginning. He actually got them paid by a company he was working for. Blackfoot is the one that sounds like they funded that project. They paid it. And Colin is an amazing individual, right? Uh, and I, I love Colin, right? I think he's one of those quintessential gems at OASP has, but he will not buy a political fight. That's fine. That's, that's like, but when he drops, it's almost like one of the few guys that I will always listen to Colin's word of wisdom. And he's, and, and the way I look at it is that if, when Colin says, I want to do this, right? I would say, can you have done it tomorrow? Right? Colin is one of those guys that we should write a blank check. Because we know that, A, he would not take the blank check. But you right? said one of those guys. But your premise is that everybody at that level should have the same access. Because I prefer to trust, right, so, uh, than I'll, to, to put limitations. And I also know that the one that is stupid enough to game the system should lose their OAS privilege. But didn't or we already have protected. somebody try to do that two years ago and got called up and then there was a big fight about it? Which, so, which one? I'll, I'll tell you that, that there was somebody this year who I believe gamed the system uh, in terms of the rules that we have. I won't name names. I won't give you the specific situation. But uh, I, because I was treasurer last year, I see all the expenses that get requested. And there was one that came through where I said, huh, 
that doesn't look right to me. And I talked to Paul, and he corrected the situation. So these, uh, you say that we can trust everyone, that we should make it completely open, and let everybody do what they want to do. But the fact is, we can't do that. Okay, we have so a fiduciary responsibility to ensuring that OWASP funds are spent on the OWASP mission. But here's the problem, right? So you had one guy, right, doing some stuff, right? And because of, because of that risk, we are jeopardizing a much bigger stuff that could be happening. The problem is a typical one. We don't measure all the amazing stuff that could have happened if we had empowered. So we have a complete negative system. Where, but, but by, you know, by virtue of saying that, you're saying that they're not empowered, which they are. They're, they're not. just not. They're just not grasping the Dude, empowerment. They're not empowered because it doesn't happen. Reality. But they are. We, no. We've already said that they have the money to do it. That they have the uh, the ability to do it, and that the things that they want to do are already on that list of things that they should be able to do. So but, they are empowered. And if it's not on that list, all they have to do is talk to the the staff and get it approved. Okay. Can I bring Andrew in on this? Andrew, what's your response to this? Fundamentally, we have to look at the reasons why people aren't spending the money. Um, I would hate for us to have different levels of governance over chapters and projects that we trust project leaders less than we trust chapter leaders. We need to resolve the issue where essentially we, we have approximately 20 projects with funds and let's not talk about all the inactive incubator and other projects. Let's talk about the key projects that we have we have plenty of projects that have no funds. What I would like to do is get to a place where we aren't worried so much about individuals spending money, but let's work out how we can advance the OWASP mission. And so what I'd like to do is actually get to a place where we have a project money drive to fund initiatives such as the Project Summit so that we can actually get people in a room Project leaders will be able to say, I want to get my five best people to fly into the next conference a week before the conference, and we will put them up. We will actually let them just do whatever they need to do, whether that's a meeting to plan, whether that's a meeting to actually do, or whether or not it's actually um, something around the project to move it on. Andrew, from my understanding of what you read, that's already available. If we can get travel funds, that's already available, isn't it? Yeah, so I'd like an expanded project summit. And we've already approved in the last board meeting uh, $10,000 for Joanna to run uh, the project summit at APSEC USA 2015. And I'll be working as hard as I possibly can to make sure that um, that's well understood and people can actually go there because... in APSEC USA 2013, which is the first time I think we ever did a project summit of this nature, it was, it was uh, not many people actually participated and only a few projects got some benefit from it. But the one that we ran at APSEC EU was tremendous. Again, only a couple of projects did anything. Uh, ZAP and um, uh, ASVS, we did a heap in ASVS, but... That was a pure surprise to me because no one actually RSVP before I went. Um, I would really like it for every project leader to consider to come to these project summits. I would really like it that we had sufficient funds that we could get lots of different projects moving the needle forward. Um, I'm not so fussed about the list. What I am fussed about is that historically, no matter what we've done, 
we haven't been spending the money. And we've got, we're going to be in a position in a couple of years' time where instead of having $500,000 in chapters and $50,000 in projects, we might have $2.5 million in chapters and we might have you know, $500,000 in projects and we're still not spending the money. That's an opportunity cost to OWASP. I think as a board, with Josh and myself both on the board, but also as OWASP communities, and I, I really implore the folks who are listening to this podcast, is you've got really great ideas on how we can actually spend the money on the mission, please let us know. Because I think, honestly, we, we really need to stop worrying about what's happened in the past, acknowledge that it, it, money just has not been spent. I don't think we're doing a really good job um, on fundraising for projects at the moment. But whilst we have this problem of getting project leaders to spend, I'm also not really inclined to ask for heaps of money. Um, at the ASVS, we had a number of really quite offers, or good generous offers for um, uh, donating to us uh, that covered our bill many times over. But up until the point where we go to the next summit, um, I don't know that we're going to be able to spend that money in any reasonable way uh, other than do the summit. So let, let's think about ways. And I'd like to spend um, some of this podcast talking to Dennis and uh, Josh about ideas about how we can actually um, get projects to actually start spending the money they actually already have. So I, I give you one then. So the, the two summits that we had were created because we looked at the OAS balance and says, there's a bit of money there. Let's keep people together. And in practice, what happened was I used my creativity as board member to create all sorts of ways to put pressure on, OAS, on, on the board and the community to say, we have a lot of people that could come to this summit. And if we can get the funds, they can go. So if you want an idea what to do the money, I tell you. So first of all, doing a last summit at the conference doesn't work, right? Well, put it this way, works a little bit. It has nothing compared to the amount of energy focus you have when you got the projects in one place. So if you want to spend the best money that OAS can do, you take $100,000 to $150,000 of the pot that OAS has today, and you basically put a date down in a diary. You find all the key players of all the OAS projects. You go to one place. We can do a, a ZAP summit. We can do a, a bunch of OAS projects summit. We basically means it's a, a, a four days fully focused on OAS projects. And what will happen, you get this right, is you make the people who use the product, the OAS things, so the OAS projects, believe that the summit will exist. We get all the key OAS players to go. So we find a date that works. We find a place around the world that works. It costs roughly between $1,500 $2,000 a person. We already got the formula. So basically that means that with 100K, you can get 50 OAS leaders, right, in one place. 150, you get 75. We actually convinced a bunch of companies to pay for their own guys. I think it's going to be even easier now, which basically means that in practice, you're going to get 150 people there. That place is going to be the epicenter of OASP activities for four days. And actually what it means is because a lot of projects are going to work their ass off to the conference because they want to present their latest and greatest stuff there. And actually it's not a conference, it's a summit, sorry. So what it means is when you get to the summit, you have another four days of literally geeking out and working your ass off for OASP. Right? And I think we have enough projects today that justify there's enough users that want to go and meet 
the current people that you, that created the projects, and we have a huge amount of energy that we can harvest, and that costs a hundred k. Josh, how would you allocate funds in a, in a unique way like that? Well, I, I, I want to address one thing, which is a- Andrew seemed to think that the chapters are trusted more than the projects or treated differently than the projects. I do want to point out that the chapters have a chapter leader handbook, and it says the same kind of thing. It says, here's the things the chapters are able to spend money on, and if it's over this amount, then you have to request it. So there's no difference in terms of the rules or the guidelines that are being for chapters versus projects. I, I just want to make that perfectly clear. Now, you know, the one thing that, that I, I want to say is Andrew talked about project funding drive. And I, I think we've already said, you know, there's plenty of funds that are available in the OWASP Foundation. So, you know, if we did a project funding guide and we got $100,000 that got donated to this, now what? You know, now OWASP has $100,000 that we have to spend or divvy up between account buckets or, or figure out something for. So it goes back to my point, which is that we don't need money for projects or for chapters. You know, we don't need a project funding drive. What we need is an initiative. So with that, I'm going to say that Dennis is spot on in terms of what he's looking at, which is he has an initiative. He says, hey, if we could raise $100,000 or $150,000, we could send 50 OWASP leaders to a project summit or 75 leaders to a project summit, and we could accomplish this, this, and this. That is exactly what I'm talking about. That That is where we should be going with this, which is Let's come up with the initiatives that the projects need, that the chapters need to be successful. Let's figure out ways to innovate and focus on those. And then instead of asking for money to fill up an account, let's ask for money to fulfill a purpose. That's where the OWASP Foundation needs to go. And, and, and trust the OWASP leaders. And so I think you spot on when you say we don't need more money. We actually need to figure out how we have to spend the money we already have. Because once we can spend it, more will arrive because it will be very obvious that it's being well spent. At the moment, OWASP cannot make a good business case that they want more money because they can't even spend the money they have. What I'd like to do f- for here is I'd like to go round table to kind of to round things out. Andrew, I'll start with you. Is there anything that you've heard today in this discussion uh, that makes a difference in your perception on the money issue that you had a problem with? Um, honestly, I think we're all in furious agreement that we need to unblock the spending uh, I think probably there's some differences of opinion about how that might be achieved but um, I think at the end of the day the, the reason why we are in this situation we're in is that we put in guidelines that ended up being hard and fast rules ring fencing's not in the bylaws it's just something we came up with but yep. now we've all got this money set aside that we can't spend and as much as we've talked consistently about projects in this, we also need to probably at some point, uh, maybe a topic for another day, um, probably with some, uh, you know, uh, really uh, gung-ho uh, chapter leaders, is discuss how chapters can also start to unlock the value in that 500K that they have. Um, let's talk about projects for just a tick. I would really love it to be able to move the needle forward. We have some key projects, such as the developer guide, who've got new leadership now. I'd like to get some momentum in those projects. And so one of the things I'm going to probably try and get those guys to do is actually start spending the money to advance the OWASP mission. So I'm going to talk to those guys about getting 
a bunch of people together to come to AppSec USA and actually do work on the developer guide because it's been nearly a decade. Um, it'll be a decade in about two or three weeks um, since the last re- version was released. We really need to move that one on. And this is a flagship project. We should make sure that all our flagship projects have funds available to do the same thing because they are used in industry. Uh, the ASVS, what the project I'm responsible for, I'm getting comments from all sorts of people all over the world. Every time I go and meet people, they use the ASVS. It's getting a lot of traction right now. And we should always make sure that our projects that are heavily used have the ability and feel empowered to spend money. And the last thing I'll just say is I really want us to make sure that instead of worrying about what the guidelines say or whatever like that, we really need to unblock that and start spending because we're a non-profit. We're not designed to hold money in an account. We are there to spend the money on the mission. As long as it's on the mission, I have no problems with it being spent. I would like to give you a picture that I always have in my head like when I talk about these projects, right? is I always remember after the boat summits that we organized, even after the summits of codes, I remember thinking of all the ideas and all the hard work and all the crazy stuff that, and all the energy that went into it. I remember thinking this could have not happened, right? And if it hadn't happened, none of the synergies, the, the power, the connections, the energy would, that which was generated in the summit would have existed. So what I would like to guys to leave you with is the idea that we could have a summit in six months' time or five months' time, right? It's totally possible. We've done it before. It could happen. You could have those 150 OWASP project leaders and, and users in one place in five months' time, right? And we have the money to make it happen. So if we don't make it happen, what we really are doing is we have what, and I agree with Andrew, we have the lost opportunity. And I think one of the things we should track at OAS is we should start to track the lost opportunity. Every time we don't spend those funds available, every time we create rules that end up in basically funds being locked or energy being locked or connections not being made is a loss opportunity that we should be mourning and we should be um, realizing that we missed a trick there. With respect to ring fencing, I agree fullheartedly that that's a problem, that having funds that aren't being spent is an opportunity cost. I think we all kind of agree on that. I would say it's not about restricting how you get money or who has the money. It's about encouraging or in some cases maybe even enforcing how it's spent and ensuring that it's spent 100% to further OWASP mission. So if we can do that, I think we're winning every day. I think that there's a lot of misconceptions out there about the rules around how money is spent. It seems that there's lots of confusion about how to go and get money. But the truth is, is that here at OWAS, there's more than enough funds that are available for the projects, for the chapters, for the people who need it. And they are actually empowered to, to do it, even if they don't think they are. So that's a problem that we need to work on. Um, but I, I think that ideas like Dennis had for the um, for the project summit, I think that's a fantastic idea, and I would encourage him to take that ball and run with it. And you know, from my position on the board of directors, I would support that initi- initiative all the way. I've been talking with Josh Sokol, Dennis Cruz, and Andrew Vanderstock about project funding, allocation of funding, and how you might start using the funds for your project. Andrew, Dennis, and, and uh, Josh, thanks so much for your time. No problem. Thank Great. you very much. 
You have been listening to OWASP 24-7 with your host, Mark Miller. OWASP 24-7 is sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from the Nexus Community Project, supporting millions of open source developers worldwide. 